Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. What do I got? Foot soldiers! I want Tracy dead! Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. dinosaur dracula calling dinosaur dracula (laughs) (laughs) what's up jay so we're here looking back at the summer of 1990 matt oh boy that can only mean one thing there was a big it could mean like 500 things (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I know where you're going there's a big movie that hit the theaters that summer yes uh and i saw it i believe on opening day yeah yeah me too and it sort of was in the vein of the superhero craze that batman started in 1989 yes and um are we going to name this movie are we building suspense i don't think we should name it the whole show it's just we'll talk without even saying the name of the title you know let's come up with a code name for it (laughs) all right um yellow trenchy okay i like that yeah (laughs) Yeah. Summer of 1990, one of the big blockbusters, Yellow Trenchy. <laughs> it would have been very different if it was named that. Uh, yes. Dick Tracy, as you said, was kind of like the the heir to 1989's Batman, or at least that's what Disney wanted it to be. Yes. They figured, let's try to capitalize on this. Uh, Warren Beatty had the rights to make a Dick Tracy movie. And things were ripe at that time. So like, let's do this. Let's make it real bright and colorful, like a comic book. Let's steal Danny Elfman. (laughs) Let's not just steal Danny Elfman. Let's steal Danny Elfman and then tell him, you have to do the Batman theme. (laughs) Just change a few notes. As much as we can legally get away with. (laughs) I mean, you listen to them and it's like, the swells are exactly the same. it's more similar to like batman forever and batman and robin than it is the original batman theme well maybe that was batman robin and batman forever's attempt to steal back from dick tracy after dick stole the original batman yeah that's what it was (laughs) and that's why Beatty is so even to this day insistent on getting a sequel because he knows he owes the bat some payback it's interesting you brought that up too because i had read all about how warren Beatty was like hoarding the rights to dick tracy and as a kid i didn't really pay attention to all that stuff but wow he was in this like war to keep the rights to it and he really didn't ever plan on making this film i don't know what happened prior to dick tracy i know what happened after and that's there was another kind of rights war and Beatty really wanted to make a sequel yeah and i guess now time he's kind of getting up there in age and (laughs) well there's there's that but i mean there's also the fact you know we talk about it like it was sort of like batman in 1989.2 but it really wasn't no it was totally different yeah it was like disney wanted it to be this big movie and it kind of wasn't it just so happens that it was for us 
Yeah, and I think at the time when we were kids, trying to sell us a comic strip character from the 1930s, it, it, it wasn't really <laughs> Yeah, I can't working. say that 1930s mob dramas were fresh in the mind of children <laughs> of 1990. I knew nothing of Dick Tracy prior to this movie's push. Right, I didn't like, I think he might have still had the Sunday strip, but it was like one of the ones you skipped to go read Farside. I used to like stuff that my dad passed down to me, like the Lone Ranger and stuff like that. But you never really heard of Dick Tracy until this. Yeah. All my dad passed down to me was smoking. <laughs> so tonight on the Purple Stuff podcast, we're going to be talking all about Dick Tracy. Oh, my God. It's 30 years old, this movie, Matt. 30 years ago. And it honestly feels like yesterday. This is like our lingo. This is this show is a long time coming. In fact, somebody requested it pretty recently. We're like, all right, you know what? It's time. You're right. We've been getting requests for this actually for a long time, more than just the past few months. So we're like, man, let's do it now. And it's uh, a great time to do it. We're going to go over some things that went along with the times back then. It was like this was the summer of Dick Tracy for us. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Like somebody who's never seen the movie could watch it now and they could like it and they might even love it but without the context of the blitz, the glitz and the glamour yeah. that surrounded it in that summer. You really can't appreciate how like you and me became so obsessed with it. Yeah. And we don't want it to be forgotten. So let's spotlight it here tonight. All right. So who's going to bring their first Dick Tracy thing to the table tonight, Jay? I uh, maybe you should bring your thing to the table. All know. right, I'll, I'll bring my thing to the table <laughs> in here in our Dick Tracy show. Number one. I remember all of you from when I was nothing. Pruneface, you tossed a firebomb in my car one night. Give me a lot of trouble, but I forgive you. Mocha, you put three slugs into me, but I lived. I forgive you, too. I owe everybody at this table a little something, but I forgive all of you. Why? Because I put the past in the past. All right, I'm going to kick things off here just with a simple shout-out to the super messed up Dick Tracy villains. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on a previous show, I compared this movie to basically, like, Hellraiser meets Goodfellas, and I still think that is the reason to see it. That's a great, great analogy. I love that. Did you have a favorite as a as a kid, by the way? Because you know mine. Like I already, everyone knows mine. It's itchy. Yeah, we, wait, let, let me figure out yours before. No, wait, but that that's yeah, that's well established. And it's funny because originally when you first told me that like years ago, I was like, I don't get it. But you know, after watching it so many times, like in the past couple of weeks, I'm like, yeah, I get it now. <laughs> well, did you did you notice that I intentionally picked glasses that looked like itchies? Like I wear glasses now, and they look just like itchies. Yeah, and bright blue suits. Yes, and bright blue pinstripe suits, right? I don't know if you'll be able to pick mine. All right, so it's not Big Boy. That's that's just too weird. And you can't pick the blank because that's a cheat. I mean, yeah. a real mobster. Right, right. Um, I don't think you're going to get it. Huh. <laughs> I could see you. Um, this is real. This is a deep cut. <laughs> But James Kahn played Spud Spaldoni. Yeah, no, it's not him. It's not no. him. Why you? <laughs> it, does, it doesn't work unless we're all in. I, I, okay. <laughs> um, I, I guess my mind is going most to Flat Top here. 
Mm, he's actually my least favorite. And I know I'll make a lot of enemies there because so many people love Flat Top. No, I will go with a really obscure pick, and that is Little Face. Oh, my God. Well, I commend you on your pick because, <laughs> I mean, we're going to get into Little Face in this section. Like, that is my number one as far as the most gruesome yeah. of the monsters. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to describe this guy? Sure. Yeah. He he almost looks like Humpty Dumpty. He has yeah. this <laughs> giant head, but a little face. <laughs> right. So in the comics, I think the idea is generally that little face has a human sized head with all of his facial features just like scrunched together in the middle. Right. But in the movie, his head is like the size of a giant pumpkin. <laughs> exactly and i love how he appears like two seconds into it yeah they have like they're playing cards at the table yeah and you see a bunch of them you get some good uh looks at them well because i i remember going to this movie i believe it was on opening day if not it was certainly opening weekend in 1990 and i had seen the tv spots and all that but they're pretty focused on i mean they got Beatty and pacino so yeah that's pretty much what and madonna of course so that's pretty much what you're getting in the commercials and then within like 30 seconds of the logo coming up, there's Little Face, this <laughs> fucking freaky creature. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to use this section to go over a few different ones. Yeah. You yeah. actually named the big one, though. Little Face is like the biggest. He's the big one. Yeah. There's definitely more to uh, mine. I would also add to the mix there, Influence. Oh, I love it. He, he's such a dick, isn't he? <laughs> Well, is he a dick? I mean, does he even have a line? I mean, in the what? I don't know if he has one line in this movie. He does, but he's very like he's very sarcastic. Sarcastic. He doesn't speak. He's got a line. What? Well, what's his line? I don't know. He's got a line though. I'm telling you. Influence is known for his sarcasm. <laughs> breaking news here on the purple stuff. <laughs> Are we talking about the same guy, like the lime green suit and like the sunken in face? Yeah. Sarcasm, huh? Isn't he the guy who's like, why don't we just kill Dick Tracy now or something like that? I'm like, just, just know, know your role. I, I have, yes, again, you're right. And in, in that meeting at the, yeah. the big, big boy's table. Yeah. He looks like, um, do you remember that? Uh, what's that Twilight Zone episode? I have the Beholder. Oh, he does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually always thought that's what they were doing because it's it's fairly close. But no, he was kind of like that in the comics. That is that's a good one. Yeah. He Have does. any others? Yeah. So <laughs> one of the guys, he's not actually considered part of the team of guys you're discussing. He's part of Lips Manless's group. Okay. And that is uh, a guy named. Well, his character's name is Lips Cop. So he's one of these fake cops for Lips Manless. Oh my God. And he, yeah, he's played by Marshall Bell, who is the gym teacher in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. Normally, I wouldn't believe that because, you know, it's, it's outrageous, but everyone and their fucking mother is in this movie. Yeah. The yeah. mother, speaking of the mother, the mother from Home Alone is in this movie. Yeah. So. I believe the cop, the one thing I will say, I think the cop belonged to Big Boy because this isn't the one that like brings lips out of the club on well, false pretenses. Well, yeah, it, well, yeah, exactly. It's, his character's name is Lips Cop. So yeah, someone who's taking him out of there. You're right. right. So but he, it, he's, he's he looks lips killed. He looks like Maniac Cop or something. Most of these mobsters, like they end up looking scary, but you could see that they were going for some sort of just random deformity mm -hmm. in Lips Cop. 
I can't believe I'm calling uh, Lips Cop Lips Cop, but Lips Cop is just straight up fucking demon. Yes. Like, yeah. There's no way to explain what he looks like. He just looks like a fucking devil. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, one more for me here. Prune face, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. He was a pretty big bad guy in the comics from what I understand, but, you know, kind of a bit player in the movie so confusing back then and this was kind of the thing a lot for us growing up is that there was always overlap like you would get a movie and maybe a tv show that had like the same character name but they're two completely different things so if you said their name your friends would be like wait which one are you talking about so we had prune face and then we had prune face in star wars oh my god you're right and you know they did not look totally dissimilar yeah it was good and then they said i was reading on imdb that they were discussing getting ronald reagan to play prune face listen i was on that same imdb trivia site as you were and that floored me <laughs> that was amazing because yeah. you're like holy shit he would be amazing at that you know? apparently like Beatty shot it down i'm like why why, why? <laughs> yeah. why? that would have been the greatest thing but they did actually still pattern the makeup job faintly after ronald reagan i was gonna say he definitely had a look like ronnie a little bit right a little bit totally yeah and the other one that i was thinking so big boy doesn't get a lot of credit for being very like grotesque mm -hmm. but he was like the hunchback of notre dame in this movie yes i think that would be the the most um comparable classic monster to big boy you know those broad shoulders and kind of like a hump almost yeah he had like a hump on his back and you don't notice it as much until the scene where he's like directing breathless and her dancers oh he's like doing spirit fingers and he's like <laughs> it's, crazy. it's it's like you know i watched it again for the first time in a while to prepare for the show and that scene is just like you're sitting there and you're like please end <laughs> i feel so awkward i love I that piece. I, oh come on you don't like that's one of no, my favorite it, scenes. it's effective it, it, i don't mean that it's bad i mean it's supposed to be like he's supposed to be just utterly ridiculous but yeah. he's ridiculous to the point where i mean at least when you're high it's hard to get through that scene <laughs> I love it. You have Big Boy Caprice directing Breathless. Oh, I want more. <laughs> what is that sound to breathe? That's not creep, no. No, indeed. That's just stocking the store. Give it to me. Number two. Morning, I've got something here that's good for you. This time, your kids will eat it. A cereal that gets its flavor from the bark of a tree. Don't worry, your kids will eat it. Actually, it tastes like a stick. A cinnamon stick. It's Cinnamon Life. Cinnamon Life has cinnamon sweetness baked on the inside, sprinkled on the outside. It tastes so cinnamon good, even extraordinarily sophisticated gourmets will eat it. Why does Cinnamon Life taste so delicious? Because that was the idea. Quaker Oat Life and Cinnamon Life taste so delicious. Unless they're weird, your kids will eat it. For my first pick, Matt, I feel like my first entry needs uh, a real huge triumphant drum roll and then one of those deflating balloon noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Because <laughs> my first entry is the Dick Tracy pencil case, which was a cereal promotional tie-in from Quaker Life Cereal. Whoa. Okay. Stop right there because you said you were bringing up a pencil case and I was like, oh, what the fuck? You're telling me that... It came with cereal? Yeah, so if you 
buy life cereal like i used to do i would get the cinnamon life and then make sure it got all mushy oh my god i loved it but everybody's thinking what am i going to say about a pencil case yeah you could mail away for it yeah let me look up the pencil case so i could see what possibly was so magical about it okay i am looking at it it is nice yeah it was a, a hard plastic pencil case which had all these kind of secret compartments and kind of uh doors and whatnot and it had dick tracy on the front uh it was like a transforming toy almost than it was just a lousy pencil holder okay so what did it do like i see some stuff going on but i can't really figure it out there's a yellow piece that flips up and you could put your pens or pencils inside of it <gasps> so that's what that is on the left yes and so it was almost like back in the old days when you would see someone in the colonial times with a quill pen and they would put it in their quill pen holder. This was like that, but only wait, in wait, modern so you're time. saying that like you would push up this yellow thing and then you could actually stick your pens in vertically. Yeah. So your pen or pencil would flip up. Wow. That's, that's, that's really fancy. Yes. It was very, um, it made me feel very like majestic and professional. Yeah, did you like bring this to school? No, heavens no. I would just keep that on my desk. Well, then home. again, no, you wouldn't. Have, that would have been September. <laughs> we were totally off the Dick Tracy yeah, yeah. train by then. Yep. So this stuck out in my head though because I was looking at eBay for random Dick Tracy stuff when we started to talk about doing the show, and I have to be honest, like I would not have remembered this at all if I didn't just start a search and and get into that rabbit hole on eBay. Oh, I love that. I love that. It really is like a sampler platter. Like you just plug in a search for something you like, in this case, i.e. Dick Tracy, 1990, and then you just hit with all this shit you completely forgot. Yeah, I totally would have forgot about it. It's so minuscule and I would have never thought about it again until I saw it. So I had one of those moments. It was really like, it, it totally took me back. It was the type of thing where you may not say to yourself, well, this pencil holder made me a better student or maybe better human being, but I got it for eating life cereal. And that was a big accomplishment for me. Uh, I mean, I don't disagree. I am insanely jealous <laughs> of the fact that you had a Dick Tracy pencil case that held your pencil just upward magically. Yeah, it kept it upright. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm going to mispronounce a lot of words, but there's this story by... I think it's called Proust's Madeleines or something like that. I'm, I'm mispronouncing a bunch of things there, but basically the idea is that this guy eats a cookie or whatever, mm -hmm. and it's a cookie he hasn't had in decades. And when he eats it, he's flooded with these memories associated with that cookie. And I feel like that's what's happened to you in this pencil case. It's, it's totally, not just like, it's not just yeah. the case. It's everything around it. It's like Viagra. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's it, well, I mean, yes, the Dick Tracy Viagra, yes, yeah, but, no, um, but it's like Viagra for the soul, almost. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. you're not actually becoming erect at the sight of this pencil case, though your pen sort of is exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but see, the thing was, and people might not realize it, is that with all these secret little compartments and stuff, you could keep your little unsavory secret things inside of it that you didn't want people to know about. So what, like, did you tear out the lingerie pages from the Macy's catalog and shove them in there? I'm trying to think of what you personally would have been up to. Like, lingerie. Lingerie. Yes. <laughs> but that is exactly what you did, isn't it? Actually, I, I, 
I'm just saying it to make it sound more interesting. Yeah. I am so weird with that stuff. Like, I didn't want to put anything in it because then, you know, like say you put like a pencil in there and you get like lead crumbs and stuff and then it would get real annoying. Oh, and then man. I have to clean it that, out. And yeah, all that. I could totally like you specifically. I love it because like when I get in your car, I'm a, I'm a fucking trash bag. <laughs> Like I like things live on me. I'm like the Cloverfield monster where I move, like things just randomly fall off me. And every time I step in your car, I see your eyes start to the floor as it just piles up with crumbs of various <laughs> natures. You're still that guy. Not really. I'm not just back then I was worse, you know, but all I could think of now is like, people are going to look this up on eBay and it's going to raise the stakes for this old pencil holder now on eBay. You mean there might actually be two people bidding on one of the 600 that are on eBay? Yeah, it's going to go from $10 to like <laughs> 120 I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, if it's at $10 now, even now, I'd be completely surprised. I think we're looking more at a $2 item. Like we said, Dick Tracy is not exactly a <laughs> enormously hot commodity. <laughs> Once you get out of our like little orbit here. So did you have any uh, nearly forgotten items out of this entire blitz of merchandise? It's funny. I did the same thing you did. I was like, well, let me hit up eBay, type in Dick Tracy 1990, see what, see what hits me. And something hit me. It was that 1990 applause flat top mug. Do you remember yes, that thing? I do remember. Those applause figural mugs, they were of various character heads. And in general, like people didn't drink from them. They were too big. It was more like you put it on yourself. It was more like a, a ceramic planter for like a, a spider plant. Yes. And I'm really upset that I didn't think of that back then because the idea of having some sort of flat top shrubbery going on in my bedroom would have been like, oh my God, I was in my bedroom 24 seven anyway. That would have just made at least the oxygen a little better. Shrubbery. Yeah. So despite the enormity of this mug, I used it as a drinking utensil all the time. And I am telling you, Jay, like an entire carton of orange juice you could fit into this glass. <laughs> and you weren't even that thirsty, but you just had to have it. Well, I mean, like I grew up in a house with people in it. Soda was a commodity. So you'd be at the dinner table and, you know, mom would put down the rice roni or whatever. You could dump pretty much an entire two liter Pepsi into that flat top. <laughs> they clean it out to fit the foliage. Oh, oh God, what a brilliant idea. I'm going to go buy myself a $2 pencil case and a $10 flat top mug. Warren Beatty, Madonna, Al Pacino, winner of three Academy Awards. Dick Tracy, tomorrow at 2.30 on the WB11. Number three. Extra, extra, read The mob has taken over the streets. Crime is out of control. Who can stop it? Only Dick Tracy, master detective with legendary deductive powers, dedicated lawman known and feared by criminals everywhere. With the aid of his dependable right-hand man, Sam Ketchum, and the best in crime-fighting technology, Dick Tracy's gonna clean up the city his own way. Can Tracy and Ketchum do it alone? Find out next time. Dick Tracy! So this is something we've talked about on other episodes, but we cannot do a Dick Tracy episode without tackling the Playmates action figure line. We can't not do this. It's very big. We can't not do this, Jay. You're right. <laughs> I realized when I was like meditating on this that 
I only got into the movie because of the action figures. Right, because they came out probably a little bit before the movie. Right, exactly. It was. It had to have been at least a few weeks before, and I was in KB Toys in the old mall there, and there were these two kids a little bit younger than me going bananas over Dick Tracy toys, and I'm just like, oh, it must be fun to have something to obsess over. So I just started doing it too. Yeah, it was definitely huge. I remember getting Dick Tracy ahead of the film also, but I just can't stop thinking about how you said you were meditating on it. <laughs> I did. I kind of like kicked my chair to the side a little bit and like put one shoulder on an armrest and leaned downward. And <laughs> I'm doing it now. I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to get into my meditation pose right now. I got to say, it actually hurts. I don't know how I thought about anything. <laughs> cool thing about this figure line at least for me at the time this was 1990 this was you know knee deep in ninja turtles craziness the figures worked right in with those figures they're the same scale made by the same company same style in a lot of ways yeah that's always one of the big features that i know a lot of like my friends who write about toys they always say like this is a compatibility thing you could mix two different lines and they look the same that's a really cool feature I have to assume Playmates did it on purpose. Like they knew they had the hottest thing going. So why not keep to that scale? Right. You're not going to start. Well, this isn't the time to start doing like eight inch Dick Tracy figures. <laughs> <laughs> like Thundercat style. No. Yeah. Stick with what you know. Oh, God. What else? What else can we say about this line, Jay? Oh, the blank, of course. Yeah, the blank was one of those things we had mentioned it on the podcast before where everybody had their story about how they, they found the blank in some bin or whatever, but it was the most scarce figure because they didn't want to spoil who the blank was. Right. I mean, let's be real. A lot of the people who claim to have found them in bins, unless they lived in Canada, are obviously lying because I don't believe it was ever sold in the States. Yeah, from what I know, it, it wasn't. Yeah. And I mean, at the time, we didn't even know that like Madonna was under there. I thought they just made it as if the blank was his own character. Right. Exactly. And then years later, you're on the Internet and you're you're downloading the stoned Yoda picture. And then there it is, <laughs> a, a photo of fucking Madonna's head yeah, rendered in Playmates it, plastic. It was basically the same concept as like the Dr. Claw figure. Like, oh, my God, you could see his face. This is right. It, it, was, it was exactly that. And, of course, the biggest shame is that whether or not it transformed into Madonna or not, the blank was clearly like by a magnitude of 50,000, the coolest figure in that set. Oh, yeah. It's like you're looking at the back and like, this is so cheesy. It's a good thing I really love Dick Tracy. And then you see the blank like, oh, finally, there's something I can be proud of. <laughs> I think till this day, that's one of the most sought after figures. Like even if you're not into these figures or Dick Tracy, you, you still want this. Such a cool figure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like what could be like just more oh, just fetching than this like faceless mobster wearing all black with a little bit of yellow trim, sort of like a negaduck version of dick tracy now that i think about it <laughs> a couple of questions for you okay not counting the blank um which one was your favorite figure from the set so my favorite is probably a little offbeat but i'm gonna go with lips manless you're gonna go with lip manless <laughs> no, the reason why i have reasoning behind it it's not not necessarily for the figure itself, because, you know, I we hope not. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with Lips Manless? You're going to put it at like, you're going to get one of those little pizza 
the center of the pizza with, you can make it into like a table that little white yeah the, the action figure table yes yeah, so you take an action figure table you sit lips manless down he could have his oysters or whatever the hell he's eating Oh um, God. Yeah. I guess, I mean, that's literally the only good purpose of lips. Malice. That, if you were going to buy that figure, you have to serve him fake oysters. And that's not why, but my favorite aspect of him is that he actually came with cement shoes, which was probably the most morbid accessory of any action <laughs> like, figure ever. I forgot the cement shoes. <laughs> yeah. That like, was, that, that, you're right. That was like spooky. In the film, you see him get doused in cement and just basically drowned in cement. But this is actually the old mafia thing where you say, like, oh, they put cement shoes on him and they dumped him in the ocean. And then he'll sit there at the bottom of the ocean until he rots. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> Fairly heavy stuff for an action figure line. You're correct. <laughs> In more ways than one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I would go with lips, but... I would probably also go with Steve the Tramp because he was able to work into other things. Like I used to use him as um, as a Steve Lombardi Brooklyn brawler. Oh my god, that's perfect! <laughs> Did you make him the little outfit and everything? <laughs> yeah. Did you call your dad in the room? I need help sewing a tiny sized Yankee shirt. <laughs> Don't worry if it rips; that actually improves it. <laughs> how about you matt well i mean aside from itchy which by the way is the first figure i bought and what drew me to this whole dick tracy world we're talking about to begin with aside from him it would be probably the brow Mm, okay it's that shade of red jay yeah you don't see it very often in action figures it's like that maroony red yeah, I like the very colorful aspect of, of the figures because they really captured the essence of the film. Yeah, they uh, they definitely knew that. I mean, you're, let's let's be real. You're not dealing with a, a great sort of subject here. You're, the, the Dick Tracy universe is not something you would maybe make your first choice to build an action figure line around. So <laughs> well, there's they a lot really of went heavy on the colors so to make sure that these things still popped. No, it's a great figure. They, I mean, they all really have their good aspects of it. Although I I did have a complaint about the action figure line itself, and that is that they didn't have a playset. I always felt like they needed a playset. Oh, hmm. Yeah, I could see. I mean, what but what would the playset for the Dick Tracy movie be exactly? Club Ritz, police headquarters, um Club Ritz sounds like it might work. I mean, you could like work in some trap doors and like, you know, they had like the swinging shelves and all that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> and I wanted the, I wanted Breathless's car, the Auburn Speedster, that lavender car that she had. I won't accept that, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference between a, a fairly critical uh, gripe and nitpicking and i think demanding that they add a third car to the minuscule dick tracy toy line was pushing <laughs> it and had no one to drive it <laughs> <laughs> here's madonna's car yeah. madonna not sold separately <laughs> um so if i forced you to name what you thought was the worst figure in the set which one would it be and cement shoes notwithstanding lips malice would be my vote <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with Sam Catchem. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, Batman had Chief O'Hara and Commissioner Gordon, but you weren't pining for action figures of those guys, you know? 
<laughs> well, okay. Number one, you were actually. My <laughs> Number two, even I, who know so little about Batman, that the only thing I could think to reference with Batman is like the 89 movie over and over again. Yeah. I would pick Commissioner Gordon over Sam Catchum 100 times out of 100. Yeah, that there's a no contest there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't do any favor. Even the color palette in that figure was just sort of like, eh. <laughs> Sam, poor Sam. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, this is all in jest. This isn't how we actually feel. The Sam Cashman figure is a delight. <laughs> this is parody. <laughs> this is shtick for trying to entertain everybody. <laughs> People are like, son of a bitch. I love <laughs> Sam Catchum. Fuck them. <laughs> These purple stuff podcasters have gone too far this time. <laughs> this is where we draw the line. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, one last question for you. Okay. Of all the characters in the movie, aside from Madonna, if you don't count the blank, that didn't get a figure, which one do you think should have? Uh, I think Dick Van Dyke should have got a figure because he was just, every time he was on screen, he was just dazzling me. He was just giving me the razzle dazzle. He is something else. And oh, those pretty blue eyes, Jay. <laughs> It's like looking in a bottle of soap. <laughs> he was great in this movie and uh, almost kind of like penguin-esque, like a, a, a neo-penguin. Yeah, I just it should have been more than three minutes of, of Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, it, it's funny. I don't know if it's because the movie was being positioned as Disney is a big thing or if it was because of uh, Beatty's connections. It's just so bizarre how many people are in this movie. I know. <laughs> There's James Conn. He's got two lines. Oh, Catherine O'Hara. She's got no lines. Kathy Bates. <laughs> Kathy Bates. <laughs> Character who has so 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 little to do with anything that me, who has seen Dick Tracy literally over 200 times, I actually, I don't know who she plays. <laughs> who does she play? She's like a stenographer or something. I don't know. Or like a secretary. I have no oh idea. I never noticed that that was Kathy Bates. Yeah. So everyone and like literally everybody is in this movie. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. and, and just to bring this back to the figures here, uh, we, we both spent that summer chasing them down, kind of completing our sets as best we could. And if not for this line, I don't think either of us would still have such like a hold, holding such a big torch for Dick Tracy. Any of these movies back then, you, you needed a good action figure line. And this was one of them. Mm-hmm. Downtown holdup in progress. A police squad car is on the way with Dick Tracy himself at the wheel. Suddenly, Big Boy's getaway sedan speeds past them, going the other way. The police car turns in hot pursuit, and Tracy uses the siren to clear the streets of innocent citizens. Sure enough, it sounds like machine gun fire is coming from the getaway vehicle. How will Dick Tracy stop them now? Find out next time. Dick Tracy! Number four. Law without order is as great a danger to the people as the one without law. Jefferson. All right, Matt, my next entry is going to be kind of weird. And this is movie quotes from Dick Tracy. You and I will get together, we'll hang out, we're doing movie quotes randomly. I think everybody has that time where, where they're hanging out with their friends and they're just trading movie quotes and stuff. And I am so big on movie quotes that most of my friends, 
they don't know what I'm saying. Like if it's from a movie or not, they always like everybody says to me, what's that from? I'm like, you, you did it to anything. me literally today. You did it to me literally today. I, you know what? I saw you for four seconds total and you still managed to do it to me today. <laughs> I gave you a Ghostbusters line. You did. And of course, like an idiot. I'm not getting that you're quoting a movie. So I'm answering you like a normal person. Oh yeah. I got to get everything checked on this call. Yeah. <laughs> So I figured we'll trade some of our favorite Dick Tracy quotes because, you know, when you go back and watch it now, you're like, oh, my God, I remember that line. Like, these lines are so good. There's a lot of really good lines in this. So, Well, I mean, aside from some of the really good lines, the thing is, when you have seen a movie 50 billion times like both of us have with Dick Tracy, lines that aren't that amazing suddenly become amazing. Oh, totally. So I figured we can go back and forth on some of our favorites. Okay. I'm going to start with a real basic one that was in the trailers and all that stuff. Or I don't know if it was in the trailers, but everybody was saying it. And that was when the kid said, go suck an egg. Oh, God. <laughs> and I remember saying that and repeating it. And people, for some reason, still thought that that was, like, not okay to say. And I'm like, why is that? He's just saying suck an egg. He's not saying anything bad, you know? Listen, by the 90s, we, we lived in this this world of euphemisms. Back in the 1930s, when they said suck an egg, they meant literally go fucking suck an egg. Yeah. <laughs> Put one in your mouth and suck it. So bad. It was I mean, I, I, I am, uh, I'm in just a state of shock right now that you're kicked off the dick tracy quote section with the kids go suck an egg <laughs> well i'm going in order <laughs> oh god in order of appearance okay god. <laughs> holy shit yeah <laughs> there's so many good ones though you know all right what do you got uh one of mine actually i don't know if this would qualify as a quote exactly but i've always been a big fan of 88 keys's laugh oh yeah <laughs> that's good <laughs> that was good oh my lord i hope so otherwise that was a real waste of my lungs <laughs> so obviously um big boy had some great ones and i loved I used to do it all the time. I'm having a thought. I'm having a thought. It's coming to me. And it's gone. <laughs> that whole thing was great. You yeah. know what's what's really great about that quote? And, that, and that's from like the last scene when he's got Tess and he's like kidnapping her because whatever. And up until that point in the movie, he's not really funny in it. And then yeah. all of a sudden he's just fucking cutting loose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I've always been fond of Mumble's protests when Dick Tracy is threatening to go uh, bring his information to Big Boy. Yes. Um, um, I did that. I did do it. I did do it. I did do it. I, did do it. I like it. And then the one point when he's when he's trying to say Big Boy did it. Yeah. <laughs> How many dick jokes did they make in this movie? For real. Like, you dumb dick, you know? <laughs> 30 uh, seconds, no more dick. The, uh, yeah, 30 seconds, no more dick. Yeah, they had a lot of dick jokes in this movie. But to their credit, for a movie named Dick Tracy, most directors would have went with even more. 
So I always love the the big boy speech. I I think I did it on the show once. Like there was one Napoleon, one Washington, one me. Absolutely <laughs> uh, love that speech that he makes at the table. Yeah, he's he's Pacino's great in this movie. And I noticed that like if you were gonna compare his performance in the Irishman to any <laughs> other character he's done, it's actually kind of the closest to Big Boy. So, I know it totally is. Yes. <laughs> It's like I'm cracking out watching because it feels like Big Boy's been transplanted. Yeah. <laughs> you have any other ones? I brought you down with kidnapping, the only crime you didn't commit. I just <laughs> love the way the blank speaks in general. Well, her vocal coach was uh, Leia Bush. I, I read that. I love that that's like a note on the IMDb trivia page. Oh, no, we're just going to mention for some reason that the blank's voice sounds somewhat similar to Leia's Bausch disguise from Return of the Jedi. Like, is it what? really on there? It's where Christ I did is. not know that. Yes. <laughs> I had no idea. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going to say this to Matt on the show. It's going to be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, at least it, it sort of verifies where you're going. I mean, they are similar. Yeah, they are similar. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good impression, too, by the way. I actually could do a lot better. I'm I'm, re I'm sitting here, I'm talking, and I'm trying to keep up with the conversation, but all I'm thinking about right now is how much I tanked my blank impression. I think you need to say that I have hibernation sickness. I have hibernation sickness. <laughs> Your eyesight may be tearing in time. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? You, you've backed yourself into a corner now because people are just going to say, can Matt just do the show in the Boosh voice? This is Matt for the Pippa's Dust Podcast. This is the blank, and you're listening to the Purple Stuff Podcast. <laughs> Don't call me. I found you. <laughs> oh, no. We just unlocked uh, a gold mine here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right. Um, I mentioned the kid, right? The kid has a whole montage. When do we eat? When do we yep. eat? Right. So I used to always say, when do we eat? And it reminds me that Charlie Corsmo, the kid, he grew up to play in Can't Hardly Wait. And he was like singing Guns N' Roses Paradise City. And, <laughs> and like he's like my spirit animal in that movie. <laughs> So I actually just saw this movie again this week and I told the person I saw it with, I'm like, it went through this whole spiel about how the kid grew up to be the guy from Can't Hardly Wait. And then I was re reminding them of all the scenes. And then at the end, she turns to me and says, oh, I've never seen Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> but the way the kid, he used to like, he was inhaling all the food in the diner and whatnot. And I don't know if you noticed, but the way he ate pumpkin pie to me, it was like, a slice of pizza yeah i to be honest that you know i have my triggers and watching the kid eat in that scene is one of them so i usually avert my eyes maybe that's <laughs> this kathy bates i can see that happening i can see that happening it's but see, the pork chop oh if but if i ate the pumpkin pie like he was if, at thanksgiving at the dinner table i think my mom would say oh jay that's what silverware is for <laughs> <laughs> But man. <laughs> well, thank you for your impression of the blank. Anytime. <laughs> what do you think, Mumbles? Big boy did it. Big boy did it. Big boy did it. 
Big boy did it. Big boy did it. Let's take this and play it for Big Boy. Number five. Want a share of the loot in McDonald's $40 million Dick Tracy Climb Stopper game? Just play your cards right and win a Big Mac, French fries, icy Coke, or up to a million bucks. It's easy. Rub out the evidence and follow the clues to solve the crime. You're finished. Dick Tracy. The movie is only in theater. I'm rubbing it out. The game is only at McDonald's. So it's not terribly surprising that McDonald's sunk its claws into this movie, but I guess most people would have expected some kind of like Dick Tracy Happy Meal. And instead we got this weird Crime Stoppers game. Well, I guess it kind of fits because in a way you're basically like gambling. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, I don't know what the deal was. Did they not make toys because they felt like a movie where everyone's getting shot? It was a bit much for the Happy Meal crowd. Yeah, so they went with this gambling thing, which you're right, kind of fits the theme of the movie. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the basic gist here, limited time at McDonald's, you get these, like, thematic scratch-off cards. And if you won, you could get, like, free fries or a million dollars. No, like, up to 40 million. Oh, God, Jesus Christ, was it that much? Yeah. Wow, that's something. <laughs> the, uh... Really cool thing about this promotion before we get deep into the cards there. Have you seen the TV commercials? Oh, my God. The, the TV commercials back then when you're talking fast food, that's what single-handedly would bring us in. Like, yeah, you want to be part of the movie tie-ins and stuff, but you're watching the commercial, and whoever the star of each of the commercials was, they would go to pick up their food, and and then they would instantaneously turn into Dick Tracy wearing, like, the yellow hat and trench coat. And to me, that, like, appealed to me big time because I always felt like there was a slim possibility that if I won, I might get that Dick Tracy costume. <laughs> yeah, forget the million dollars. Like, when you see that that $40 Dick Tracy costume, you know you got to head to McDonald's. Yeah. Um, so the commercials though, did you notice how they actually got the mobsters there in full makeup to do custom footage? Yes, I did notice that because there's a couple of scenes where they're actually in it and they have lines and stuff. Yeah. Right. So like at first I'm watching the first I'm like, oh, this this must be like from a deleted scene or whatnot. And then I think Itchy turns to the camera and he's like, I have all the food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably got what? like they really got William Forsythe into the McDonald's commercial in full makeup there. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, but you never know. Maybe they were like on an off time when they were filming the movie. You never know. <laughs> yeah, so between takes, like, all right, bring in Ronald. <laughs> Comes in with the big cone. <laughs> so there were a few other like Dick Tracy things happening at McDonald's. I know there were like plastic cups and stuff like that, but this game was the big thing. Yeah, And in preparation for this episode, I actually bought a couple of the scratch-off tickets. When you said you were doing that, I'm like, uh, I was like, this is amazing. This is yeah. so cool. So I got me one and you one, which I gave to you earlier. So we are actually live on the show tonight. We're <laughs> each going to play the 1990 McDonald's Crime Stoppers game. Yeah, the Dick Tracy Crime Stopper game. Uh, there's two parts. There's part one and part two. Yeah, I'm I'm going to just ignore part two because I don't know how to play that without McDonald's. So for, for our purposes, let's just stick with part one. Okay. Um, 
you want to try yours first? Okay, sure, sure. So what do you got on your card there? Because they're all different. It, it looks like Dick Tracy's desk. Okay. His, his hat is there. It looks like someone's placing something on the desk or something, like uh, secretly. Okay, so something something's up in Dick Tracy's office. It sounds like maybe somebody's rifling through his yeah, desk. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's okay. Exactly, yeah. Someone is going through Dick Tracy's desk. Our assignment is rub off any one box at a time to find the evidence that identifies the intruder and get your reward. Cash prices up to $1 million for McDonald's food. If you reveal a game over, part one is void. Okay, so you have to choose carefully. I assume there are various items on the desk that correspond with scratch boxes. Yeah, so I'm going to start scratching. Um... What's your first box say? <laughs> Game over. Oh my God, you're kidding me. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Game yeah, over. Let's, at least let's find out what the prize was. Game over. Oh my God. If you scratch this off in 20 years, you win $40 million. <laughs> <You fucking laughs> All right. Okay. Just, uh oh, what's this? I got to read you these because I think. I think we might have a, a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Mm -hmm. The first one says game over. The second one says game over. The third one says game over. The next one says try water cooler. Rub off box C. Stop. You win 40 cents off any size fries or drink. I mean, even adjusting for inflation, that's <laughs> god awful. That's just god awful. <laughs> All right, yeah, you, you, I mean, you almost want to just stop liking the movie now. Yeah. <laughs> all right what do you got all right so my card has a bunch of mobsters playing poker you have the rodent the brow prune face shoulders and stooge villers here and uh i have to figure out which one of these mobsters is cheating at cards okay so i'll start with the brow because he's, he's kind of shifty <laughs> game over man ah. oh, all right let me tell you what my prize would have been Stop, you win. 40 cents off any size prize for drink. <laughs> you think they'll still honor this? <laughs> A crummy commercial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does this actually go bad? Any McDonald's manager with a heart, if we walk in, <laughs> like, hey, we never catch these in when we were little kids. Can you deal with these right now? Would you really? I mean, I would risk my job to give that person their 40 cents off if they came in with a dick tracy crime stopper game card yeah i mean it's not like we're gonna break the bank you know? <laughs> but you know what would be the worst if he looked at our cards like well you actually scratched off the game over parts <laughs> <laughs> you voided the game guys. i would have done this for you <laughs> so the crime stoppers game a uh, essential part of the dick tracy experience back in 1990 yeah thanks for getting that no problem. Worst $4 I ever spent. It's not just a game. It's a mystery. An adventure. It's you against Bruneface, Influence, Itchy, and a motley crew of criminals in McDonald's Dick Tracy Crime Stopper game. Solve crimes. Catch crooks. 
collects rewards like food or cash up to a million bucks. Nick Tracy, the movie is in theaters. I'm on my way. The game is at McDonald's. Number six. Whose side are you on? The side I'm always on. Mine. No grief for lips? I'm wearing black underwear. You know, it's legal for me to take you down to the station and sweat it out of you under the lights. I sweat a lot better in the dark. I know how you feel. You don't know if you want to hit me or kiss me. I get a lot of that. Next up for me, Matt, is Breathless Mahoney, a.k.a. Madonna. And yes, I am dedicating an entire section to her. (laughs) Obviously. Things could have been a lot different. On IMDb, it said that Samantha Fox auditioned for the role of Breathless Mahoney. But I'm kind of glad that didn't happen. No, I mean, it's it's like iconic that she played her. So Madonna did some of the songs on the soundtrack. And I say some of the songs because they didn't use all the songs that were on the Madonna Dick Tracy album. No, and let's be real, though, too. Like some of those songs were totally inappropriate for this movie. Madonna at the time uh, she was doing her blonde ambition tour and she even had a dancer dress up as Dick Tracy and she did one of the numbers on there with him pretty like sexily too yes I I have to ask you like do you think she just got away with it because she was Madonna and she was such a huge star or it's just hard to imagine that Disney would allow that Who's going to tell Madonna they can't do something? She's going to do it anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, right from the start of the movie, you got to remember, now, she's singing these lyrics to me, I'm going to love you and you all alone. That's yeah. one of the lyrics. So I'm like, okay, that's she's singing to me. It's obvious. But I'd be underselling it to say that I was a huge Madonna fan in the 80s and 90s. I was, like, an obsessive fan to the point where – And this is a tidbit that you would appreciate to the point where the girl who worked at my local video store, she would always save me Madonna posters and banners and everything like that. Anything that was like paraphernalia for Madonna or Dick Tracy or anything like that. And she was so incredible. You don't get that kind of customer service anymore. That's pretty incredible that you got free stuff that would cost like $300 now. Yeah. But like she was like 18 or 19. I was just a little kid. Of course, I had a huge crush on her. But she right. probably knew it because I was not shy about it. And she looked like Jill Whitlow. Well, I don't think she would have thought you were shy about it when you go into a random store. It's like, yo, if you get any stuff with McDonald's face on it, save it for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so obviously there's some risque aspects to Madonna being in Dick Tracy, which were never an issue for me. It was just expected. It actually didn't star Madonna as Breathless Mahoney. It starred... Brawless Mahorny. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what scene I'm talking about. Uh, yes, I do actually, now that I think about it. Yes. Yeah, so, Brawless Mahorny, she was a, a character that was in a scene with Dick Tracy, and she was uh, wearing something very questionable for <laughs> a little kid to watch at the time. Yeah. And the scene is like mm, 27 minutes long. So, when you're there with mom and dad, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> I was the kid wearing the shirts that say, aren't you going to frisk me? I always get my man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all my friends had actual Dick Tracy shirts. (laughs) Oh, God. 
I'm sure they didn't fit you because you're seven and a half feet tall and you found them in like the girls' junior section. She was like the love of my life at the time. She was really good in this. She doesn't get the credit she deserves. No, I, I totally agree with you there. I remember there being a lot of jokes about her performance at the time. And oh, man, looking back, those people were just so wrong. There's a scene where Big Boy slaps Breathless and she's like rolls a tear down her cheek. And that scene, I'm telling you, it was not CGI tears. She had to perfectly calculate the second to drop that tear. Let's be fair. They might have used some sort of turkey based or fill it with water, you know, put a little droplet there and said, start the, start the camera. But if you want to uh, credit Madonna with having perfect tear control, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> and she does probably the best Boosh impression since you. <laughs> 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 what a beautiful singing voice you have madonna yeah i mean like oh god first of all the songs that she puts into this movie and on the soundtrack and everywhere else they were so great you remember when she did sooner or later at the oscars the following year and it was yeah. like like that's probably my favorite madonna live performance oh it's just like it's like wow like what she actually can sing that yeah that's the thing she i mean She's always getting like railed on back then. I mean, now about, about vocals, but I'm like watching this. I'm like, are you kidding? Like she clearly is an excellent singer. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just, I'm such a fan of, of her in this movie. And sometimes you forget how good she could really be. And I think this movie kind of sums that up. I think people should pay attention to her performance in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she is the heart of Dick Tracy. You have Warren Beatty, who was a great Dick Tracy in this movie, but kind of a flat character by design. And then you have Pacino, but Pacino's so over the top. So she is like, she's what kind of like makes the movie more than just kind of polar extremes. Yeah. And um, her and Warren Beatty were dating in real life at the time. Very seriously, as I recall. Yeah. Which, yeah, this is wild. So uh, I just want to take the, the time here to thank the girl who worked at the video store who used to always hook me up if she's listening. <laughs> what kind of ice cream did you get? Nice peach. Better eat it right away. It's starting to run on them. Number seven. I know like you have nothing to go on for this section. I didn't tell you anything, but um, basically I have a story and it's not a story I enjoy telling, but I just know it would be too good on the show to not bring it up, even though it's going to embarrass me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And this is like, this is definitely worse than wearing the, um, the Dick Tracy costume to the Sizzler buffet. Like this is definitely <laughs> a few steps beyond. I can't believe there's something beyond that. Oh God. I have such a, feeling in my stomach right now so back in i think it was like august of 1990 my family rented a house in long beach island in jersey yeah and my family obviously loved that place because of the beach but i loved long beach island because of its casino arcade mm. 
And that year, like they had the best prizes. And that year I got the entire Dick Tracy applause doll line from that oh, casino arcade. Yes. So you remember these dolls, right? They were like, what is it? Migo, Mego? Yeah, they were they were like a Migo doll. But yeah, I had to get Breathless because they didn't have a Breathless action figure. I had to get the applause one. Right, and I'm, I'm glad you have the Breathless because in a moment I'm going to have you back up some of the things I'm saying about that particular doll. Okay. So yeah, I get like the whole set and we're on vacation on Long Beach Island. So next day, whatever, my whole family's on the beach because that's what you do in Long Beach Island in the, in the daytime. You go to the beach. Yeah. I don't go to the beach, so I'm st still in the house. I'm in my little tiny ground floor bedroom that's like barely the size of a closet. And, you know, I'm checking out my Dick Tracy dolls. And it's at this point that I realized that the Breathless Mahoney doll was molded with a uh, pretty fairly accurate breasts. <laughs> <laughs> the breasts had nipples and they were all properly colored and, and, and shaped and everything. <laughs> Like these weren't like, you know, the, the kind of like plastic lumps that a lot of dolls have. Like these were like statuesque, like you would like paint a picture around looking at this doll. Plastic lumps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you, I don't know if you ever uh, uh, undressed your breathless, but do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I, I didn't routinely do it, but yes, I mean, there was a curiosity there at the time. Oh, yeah. And speaking of curiosity, I'm at that curious age where, you know, one thing leads to another there and I'm, I'm alone in the house and my family's on the beach. And I end up uh, kind of just recreating the scene where Breathless is trying to seduce Dick at the police station. But in my version, Breathless is topless and Tracy is, um, shall we say, kind of handsy. <laughs> So I've got the Tracy doll cupping the breathless doll's breasts, the breathless doll's breasts, sorry, Freudian slip. And Brawless Mahoney. Brawless Mahoney, yes. And I'm while I am having Dick Tracy feel breathless up there, I'm humming sooner or later as if Madonna is singing to him. Like, like that, like a real idiot like it's a burlesque show exactly like that's exactly what i mean i didn't know what a burlesque was at the time and but that's what i was doing like she was being real flirtatious but it's like stuff going on there and while all of that's happening i turn around and i see my grandfather is standing right there <laughs> my grandparents did not go to the beach with everybody else they were the only other ones there and there he is just staring at me while I am making a Dick Tracy doll fondle a Madonna doll and humming a sexy song while I do it. <laughs> Did you see anything? No, sorry. I didn't see you play with your dolls again. <laughs> oh my God. It was terrible. And the thing was like at this stage, he was in, we didn't know at the time, but very early stages of Alzheimer's. So, you, you know, he was like, he would have his moments where he was all there, but most of the time he was kind of not all there. So he's not really giving me any tells that he's processed what's happened. So I'm trying to act like none of it happened. <laughs> like he, if he thought he saw something, he must be wrong. Because I, surely I was not making my characters boink <laughs> on the bed in the Long Beach Island. You could easily say that, you know, grandpa doesn't know what he's talking about, Ma. <laughs> well, I mean, I spent the entire week sweating bullets because I'm like, 
Did he tell anybody? <laughs> is he going to tell anybody? Did he know what he saw? Because, I mean, Jay, I mean, I'm being diplomatic in my description. You could probably picture how this was all going if you put your mind to it. <laughs> I just can't. I'm so shocked that you would even have a situation like that. You're just very proper. Well, I mean, I've learned my lesson the hard way because, you know, when you're exploring things like that, you turn around and you got your grandfather staring at you, put a plastic doll's hands on a plastic doll's breasts, and you're singing to them while you do it, kind of turns you off from the whole thing for a while. I could. This is what I would picture how that story to turn out. Ma, listen, I didn't want to have to tell you this, but Grandpa was doing weird things with Dick Tracy and Breathless over there, those dolls. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. yeah. I, I should have flipped it off. I should have flipped it over while I had the chance to write. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was my terrible story about oh, me. God. I mean, the, I, I wish you have enough to write a book on all this stuff. I would say at least 65% of my most embarrassing memories are somehow associated with Dick Tracy. <laughs> and I'm not sure why, but something about that movie just brought out the, the idiot of every sort in me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not five. I'm wearing a Halloween costume to Sizzler to the buffet. I'm going <laughs> on a buffet line in a yellow costume, Jay. I'm, I'm, I'm not five. I'm making my toys touch each other and singing to them while I do it. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Revealing these factoids about your life is very therapeutic. And I think it's good that you're sharing it. And we're all in the trust tree together. Oh, God. <laughs> Your other people besides you are going to hear this. That's right. I just call me Dr. Melfi. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. I love it. You're welcome, Jay. <laughs> I'm gonna love you like nothing you've known. I'm gonna love you when you are alone. Sooner is better than later, but love Number eight. for my final pick it's the diamond double cross which was a stage show about dick tracy at <laughs> disney mgm studios and also at disneyland and that ran at mgm from 1990 may 1990 to february 1991 and uh it didn't last too long at disneyland either but disney had high hopes for this stage show matt yeah i mean ugh, like most things relating to disney's hopes 
surrounding Dick Tracy, probably a little like overstated. They should have been a little more realistic about what was going to come of this. Yeah, I mean, they were just assuming that this was going to be as big as Batman, if not bigger. And that didn't necessarily pan out the way they wanted it to. But, you know, if Disney had their hands in something, there was always like a live stage show or a ride or something that would open up at the parks. So, right. And I mean, you've even brought up some of them on the show. I think we talked about, um, what was it? The Universal Monsters did one. Yeah. I know we've talked about uh, Batman at Six Flags plenty of times. Yeah, exactly. So this was a very, very high uh, this was a very high level production. <laughs> I think you were right the first time. It was very, very high. high yeah. It was absolutely <laughs> fucking bizarre. <laughs> but it was like a Broadway quality type of stage show where there was like a troupe of uh, actors and dancers and the makeup and costumes were like movie quality. I mean, this was no joke. It wasn't some slap together thing. This was like high quality. Well, I, I think what I'm finding tonight is that there is sort of like a snarky J and a realistic J and then a uh, kind of giving J. And I think we're getting the giving J here tonight with this uh, talking up of the costumes from well, the Dick Tracy stage show, which are horrifying. Talk, we have to talk it up and then I have to knock it down. <laughs> <laughs> You're earning your cred first. I get it. So yeah. you don't get too many, uh, you know, death points for <laughs> crashing. So, yeah. So high level makeup, costumes, top notch, uh, a lot of money put into the production. Uh, I know on your case, there was a severe lack of itchy. You know, it's it's weird. I, for some reason, I guess it was like one of those uh, Mandela effect things. I just assumed itchy was in it, but no. <laughs> so the whole thing begins with this calling Dick Tracy theme song which was like, I can't even describe it. It, it was just, it didn't fit the vibe to me of Dick Tracy. It begins uh, with the song and then it continues 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 with the song. <laughs> so the plot is that there's a Bolognian diamond and I'm not kidding. That's what it's called. The Bolognian diamond gets stolen from a king and queen and then they need to figure out who stole the diamond. So that's where Dick Tracy comes in. Uh, to do some detective work. Yeah, so it's essentially uh, Tracy's job to uh, retrieve the comically oversized diamond. Yes, and then between, I would say, every, like, two words of dialogue, there's another dance troupe interlude. Yes, and just, <laughs> and just for the record, the dance interlude thingies are, like, starring no-name characters for the most part. So it's like Dick Tracy or the mobsters are there for three seconds, and then you cut to what looks like characters out of like Alice in Wonderland for five minutes. Yeah. And then there's like, there's all these dancers. Like some of them are like waiters and waitresses and then it's mixed together with like bankers. It's just random has no rhyme or reason. Uh, yeah. To me, it kind of missed the point because when I was that age, I didn't want to see a dance troupe singing, calling Dick Tracy for 26 minutes. I would have said, this is the most excruciating thing to sit through. Yeah. Look, I, I, I don't want to be mean because I think uh, if I think back to how I was in 1990 with all things, I mean, I had Dick Tracy fucking aftershave. Yeah. So it's not like I wouldn't have liked it at the same time. Um, you've seen the Hunger Games, right? Yes. So when I watched this video that's on YouTube, I felt like they did when they arrived at the Capitol and they were just getting swarmed with like what felt like space aliens. <laughs> like they just couldn't handle the energy or the sights or the sounds. I'm like, I'm watching this and I'm just like, it doesn't stop. There's not <laughs> one second of rest. 
No, it's out of control. And like you said, like I too, I love this shit. Like this was Dick Tracy was my jam. And then you're sitting there like, oh my God, this is when is this gonna be over? You know? It's relentless. <laughs> Absolutely relentless. It just once it starts, there is never a moment where 15 people aren't saying something. Yeah. Call him Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, now I got that song in my head, calling Dick Tracy. <laughs> same, same, same. And I mean, I will concede that after the 26th minute, it does get pretty catchy. It is. Like, it, it starts to grow on you. It does. It really takes a turn from like worst thing you've ever heard to possibly better than the Carmina Burana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm realizing now that if we continue talking about that song, <laughs> we'll eventually go so full circle that the double diamond cross, whatever the hell stage show will be the best thing either of us have ever seen. It's yeah. It's like the Mona Lisa of stage shows. It's so good. I mean, the way those Dick Tracy villains look like garbage pail kids characters, I couldn't have asked for anything more. Oh, I got a very important job for you. So you can count on us, big boy. These guys are like the garbage pail adults. That's what That's they felt like. In this they really show. Did. Yeah. Because they I mean they were people in costumes and I guess like they were wearing masks, but the mouths could kind of move on the masks. But they really did look like crosses between garbage pail kid movie characters and what's his name? Randy from Huey's Playhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's that's dead on that's dead on but a year later the show closed uh but what like i'm not surprised but i mean i felt like really kind of bummed to know that they had a lot more plans for dick tracy at the parks they were going to do a whole ride uh that was kind of like a indiana jones ride guests would have boarded a, a car and then they would have like guns attached to the car and they it would be like interactive yeah, I read. I didn't read in that much detail, but I definitely had read that there was supposed to be much more going on at the parks. But like we have established, Dick Tracy was successful, but it ended up not being that kind of like cultural touchstone for everybody. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily like it was big, but not as big as they wanted it to be. And then in this uh, stage show, they couldn't do this whole thing without having someone who's basically doing like a Madonna impression. So of course, there's a line toward the end where. She says, I guess I'm just a material girl. And I'm oh, like, God. oh, my God. Yeah. And even even like if you watch, even the mobsters groan at it, too. Yeah. <laughs> but like that was their line that they felt like was hysterical. Because like if you read some reviews of the show at the time, they're like, that was the joke right there. Yeah. That was yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. It, it oh, redeemed everything else. Yeah. <laughs> and then right at the end, there's a scene where Dick Tracy comes up and he shoots his own name into the wall. Tad aggressive for your hero. It was aggressive, but it's also like, wouldn't that be considered like graffiti? Like he's actually committing a crime just to put his name into the wall. So he's basically like, don't do as I do, do as I say. Yeah. He's one of those kind of cops. Yeah, because like the bad guys in the beginning of the movie, they're like, eat lead, Tracy. Let's be real. If anyone else at that that party with all of the people in the violet and turquoise dresses were hanging out. If any of them grabbed that Tommy gun and wrote their name to the fucking back of the building, Tracy would have arrested them. Exactly. He, you know what? He left a play with Tess to drive downtown to go look at a wall that said, eat lead Tracy. 
And then he went right back to the play. If Tracy was there, he would have left that play to go prosecute the person who did it. But yet he's doing it himself. What a fucking hypocrite. Oh my God. I feel like you just explained to me like the theory of alternate universes. <laughs> that is just mind blowing. Uh, I felt like in the one we saw, Flattop, he was the only primary character who was really feeling it. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, he was like really like bouncing around. Everyone else, including Dick Tracy, there were points where they looked like, man, this is a lot of work. I'm sitting there looking at Big Boy and Mumbles, and I never thought that I would see these guys doing <laughs> what you call a tap dance move called the wing. And I'm not saying they did the wing move, but you know when like, okay, you know in a finale of a tap dance routine and they're like, kicking out their legs and fanning their arms like windmills. Yeah, it was like they, they beat a level in a Nintendo game. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm looking at it, like we're getting a chance to see the Dick Tracy villains do this ridiculous dance. Like that's yeah. the best part of this. <laughs> yeah, it's like we, we've said some, we've talked some smack here in this section tonight, but the truth is between what you're seeing, like the, the idea that you're going to see big boy Caprice on, in a stage show doing that little kickoff with his heels. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like that's something to be uh commended, not <laughs> criticized. Yeah. <laughs> so the stage show is available on YouTube if anybody wants to check it out and see what we're talking about. It's pretty mind-blowing. It is uh not something that even a hardened Dick Tracy fan might have seen. Yeah, it's and it'll take 26 minutes of your life that you'll never get back. Call in Dick Tracy. It was almost like the fucking Captain Planeteer song. Like, what is he gonna fly in with a cape? <laughs> the best is that I correct me if I'm wrong. So they do like the essentially call in Dick Tracy song. Yeah. Then at the end of the show, they do another five minute song is basically we call Dick Tracy. We call Dick Tracy. <laughs> just an update. We called him. <laughs> like they just changed like the verb tenses in the original song. <laughs> <laughs> So this has been our Dick Tracy show, Matt. How do you feel about things? Oh, man, I'm really surprised that it took us so long to do it. It is uh, something that you and I, I mean, please, we could do another five-hour show about Dick Tracy easily. Now that you mention it, I want to just add a few little tidbits uh, that didn't really fit in with the rest of the show. So I figured, let me place them here real quick. Sure. Okay, so one thing that I noticed as an adult watching this film is that Tess Trueheart got such a shaft in this movie, you forget, you forget she was even in the movie. Look, Tracy, he had work to do. We all get it. But poor Tess. <laughs> yeah. 
But and then, she goes home to mom, Estelle Parsons, by the way. That's yeah. Roseanne's mom. Yep. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I did. And what is like the mom's just basically like, you're, you're not understanding enough, Tess. Yeah. But then she goes to she goes to Dick's apartment and he's making out with Breathless. Yeah, yeah. And she's got she a, for some reason ice cream. She brought yeah. him ice cream, pistachio. What a woman. For all intents, she's watching his son. Yeah. You know, Dick Tracy's the one who found the kid. So she's watching his son. She takes some shops. She buys him ice cream. Gets Dick Tracy a cone himself. Carries yeah. it home. And what does she find? She finds Dick Tracy with Breathless and her plastic boobs. So uh, the other thing that I notice is that there's a line where Dick Tracy says, walnuts are bad for the brain. Oh, contraire, Dick Tracy. It turns out that they're actually the top nut for brain health. Oh, my God. Is that why Big Boy was so smart? Yeah. I just thought it was funny to know that it's not only that they're good for the brain, but they're one of the best nuts you can eat for the brain. Yeah, and it's not even like a good comeback anyway. Yeah, but they're bad for the brain. Like, that's not something a normal person would say. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so just a few things I wanted to throw in there uh, for the end of the show. But let's uh, run through our picks. What do you think? All right. Yeah, I think it's time. Um, should I take a look at yours here? Yeah, sure. You brought to the Dick Tracy police desk tonight <laughs> Madonna sort of just a generalized tribute to Madonna and your love for her. And with a, a bit of a side tribute to the nameless, wonderful girl who worked at the video store, who saved you all of the posters and whatnot. Yeah. We call her Jill Whitlow. Jill Whitlow. Of course. Yeah. Yes. You have the pencil case, which was just uh, very benevolently offered by what was it? Check cereal Quaker life cereal Quaker life. Of course. How could I forget? <laughs> You also did a section on quotes, which was a lot of fun. And um, the uh, Diamond Double Cross Dick Tracy stage show, ill-fated at Disney Parks. Yes. Huh. The DDC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. I'm going to eliminate the quote section, not because I want to, but just because I'll be a little more specific with my pick. Yes. Uh, I'm going to get rid of Madonna. And I'm going to leave it with the pencil case and the uh, stage show. And boy, those are like definitely uh, not related in any way whatsoever. <laughs> not really I mean, comparing apples and bowling balls, as they say. Um, as much as I do appreciate, and I really love that whole idea of like stumbling upon some very minor part of your childhood and then just having those floodgates open. Yeah. That's a really cool thing, but I can't pick it over oh, Big Boy in a costume dancing on stage. Yeah, you, you got to go with Colin Dick Tracy. Colin Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the way to go, definitely. Looking back at it, it feels very different than the movie itself, but people like us could find the good in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've done your duty as a citizen of these great United States tonight, Jay. <laughs> All right, let me run through yours. You had quite a set of them tonight. The uh, grotesque villains of Dick Tracy, the Playmates action figure line, and then we had the McDonald's Crime Stoppers game, which was notable because I don't think 
we've ever done this on the show before where you actually got a, a game that hasn't been scratched off and we did it right on the air. I mean, it's 2020. We had discussed bringing this podcast into present day a little bit. So I think we've done that tonight by scratching off a McDonald's game card from 1990. What better way to celebrate the 30th anniversary uh, of this movie? Last but not least, your story uh, about the about the uh, Madonna applause and Dick Tracy applause dolls in Long Beach Island that was uh, sort of a lewd act. <laughs> Yes, yes, they were definitely, I mean, they were doing what I thought men and women did. Now, let me see. I, I love the action figure line. The McDonald's scratch-off is great, but none of them can hold a candle <laughs> to the story about <laughs> Dick Tracy manhandling <laughs> Breathless. Oh, God, and Grandpa watching it happen. <laughs> It's so funny. Like when I think about him, I mean, he, this was he—he he passed away many, many, many years ago. Yeah. But still, whenever I picture him, it's standing in that doorway, giving me a look that just does not tell me if he's processing what's going on. So at least it wasn't the look of disapproval, because then it would be even worse. I, in a way, it would have been better because it would have had to face it and deal with it. Now, the way it is, for the past thirty years, I've been kind of pushing it away, <laughs> and I still haven't quite faced it. It's all question marks. Yeah, yeah. Like, it would probably be easier if he was disapproving, because then, like, anytime you did anything bad, you'd be like, son of a bitch, now my grandpa's looking at me. <laughs> right, like, anytime I, I had, like, you know, it was a holiday, when we went to my grandparents' house, I would shake his hand or whatever, give him the hug, and I'd be like, does he hate hugging me? Yeah, is he thinking about this weird thing that he saw me? <laughs> Am I just a constant reminder of the Dick Tracy dolls doing their business? <laughs> But come on, like I was saying, like I brought up with Breathless, like they put her in a movie very promiscuous and all that, you know, it was done in a style that was not really for kids. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, she was the heart of that movie. She brought it. She really had a handle on dick. Oh, no. Okay, you can take that out. <laughs> Did it just fucking kill you the whole night to go without making these sort of dick jokes? Because I know... In normal life, and in a conversation with literally anyone else on the planet, they would be pouring out of you. Oh, yeah. Not like a geyser. <laughs> but you know I'm too much of a prude to, to handle it. <laughs> Me, the prude who, at the tender age of 10, got caught making my Dick Tracy doll fondle Madonna. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> on that note, I guess now this is where we tell them to go to the Patreon page, yeah, because yeah. what a better follow-up to that. Yes. <laughs> if you like stories like these, <laughs> sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com slash purple stuff. Matt's story was brought to you by viewers like you. <laughs> <laughs> no. you know, it's not the worst pitch, I guess. Yes, definitely. And, and thank you for listening and for visiting the Patreon. Really appreciate it. We had a good time tonight here talking about Dick Tracy. And mm -hmm. if, I'm pretty sure there's people out there who have never seen it. I definitely recommend checking it out. So this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. 30 seconds, no more dick. 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 Or does that sound too greedy? That's not greed, no indeed. 
that's just stocking the store. Gotta fill your cupboard, remember Mother Hubbard. Oh. 